Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything in Dungeons and Dragons, from jumping jackalwares to juicy juxtaposition. And today, we're talking about the drow. All right, so today's the day, Brian. Oh, the day the day for what? <laughs> the day that we're talking about Dark Elves. Oh, it, we're here. Finally. The There's, drow. The drow. Them There's drows. So much goddamn lore on that, like, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time. We're going to cover as much as we can, but this is probably just going to be considered a, a thorough, but, but a brief, but still fairly thorough uh, overview of... The species of the drow. We're going to hit all the main topics. Yeah, there's a lot of lore because this has been... The uh, the drow are probably one of the most iconic D&D monsters and probably the most influential one that Gygax came up with. They're not entirely original. They're based off the old... Uh, there's there's an old Norse... Um, old Norse... Uh, Tale? I guess story, yeah. The Prosetta. And in, in the Prosetta, they talk about the light elves and the dark elves. Okay. And there's little to nothing written on them uh but i think he just took this idea from there are these things there are these things you're welcome well they, uh, it's run a, with it it's a bit conflicting on what the dark elves even were they might have just it might have just been another word for the dwarves in in nordic lore but that's neither here nor there uh either way in caves that's where he he took the idea the mountains um the word drow is actually an alternative pronunciation of the shetlandic dialect uh of the scottish tongue trow which is in itself a derivative derivative of the word troll. Okay. So the word drow doesn't mean anything. All right. <laughs> it just neat. It's just yeah. That's just how language works. Um, that's just so how what we it, do. So what in is the what is realm. a dark yeah? What is a dark elf? General. Okay. First off, we're gonna be talking about classic like Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms lore. Uh, at the end, I want to talk about like the things I do with drow because what I do, I take very little from classic uh, 
uh, D&D Drow lore just because I've never been a fan of taking an entire race of anything and making it all evil. Yeah. And like, and we've talked about this in the Goblin episode and in Half Orcs and a bunch of other episodes. Yeah, we don't want to like, I know it's kind of like a touchy suspect kind of thing sometimes for some people with like the Drow and stuff. Right. So we want to show like, look, we're, we're, this is a podcast that talks about the stuff that Wizards of the Coast writes and D&D out of the player's handbook and like the the original lore. And then we're going to hit you with some stuff like what we like to do and what we see other people that like to do with the Dark Elves. Because it's not so like we like to treat them like a people where there's like right. uh, like a society and they're not just like inherently evil, like bad creatures. But, right. well, but the original lore is more like that. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. I, I would say the, the main thing is that like while... The stuff with gnolls and the stuff with goblins and the stuff with orcs is is extreme. My problem with the drought is that it's extremely extreme, and we'll get into it. And there are some things that are really cool about that concept because it's fucking scary. The things that these thing, uh, people do to each other, it's like, and it's all under like this evil goddess that's influencing them. Um, but again, it my main problem is there are players who want to play drow and like you if you can't have this and that working at the same time and i think this is where a lot of players have a problem with like dark elf characters mm. they're so married to the official lore that they can't just say well you know what maybe drow work differently in my world Which, yeah like that's just poor dming take, in my, my take book. the freedom that like this like a role-playing game gives you and, and go with it i mean yeah. if you if you have a player at your table that wants a certain thing and it's going to make them happy and it's doesn't fuck up your thing going yeah, on. Absolutely. Just, just do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So but let's get into the official lore. So generally speaking, the drow are a subrace of elf that dwell in the Underdark. They are noted to have shock white hair and skin tones that range anywhere from like, I've seen as light as like a light blue. Okay. Uh, deep purples are more common and uh, obsidian, like, like true black like the monsters in lord of the rings kind of um, or do you mean more like i guess the uruk are like they have obsidian colored skin yeah, yeah. much like that yeah. okay like i the, like purple a lot like the, i think purple is the most popular and it's the most common cool. you're gonna see that's like some of the magic brian from adventure zone stuff yes, i've seen it's yeah, very like classic purple. yeah very yeah. classic uh generally the entire civilization is considered to be strongly chaotic evil and they are shunned and hated by all surface races and that hate is uh in reverse as well and we'll get into that sure they're ruled by an evil goddess named Lolth, uh the spider queen uh and she is simultaneously both a goddess and a demon lord uh so much so that you cannot talk about the drow without also talking about Lolth. okay um so it's like very inherently tied together Yes, like she's yeah. responsible for a she's lot of this. She's responsible nonsense. for everything. Everything, and she makes uh, yeah. sure it stays that way. How are you a we'll goddess and it. a demon lord? Well, let let me tell you the quick story of Loth because, like, we're, Loth will get her own episode. Yeah. My main question is planar access. Yeah, planar I mean? access. Let's yeah. talk about that. So, Loth used to be part of the Sildarin, which are the, that's a pantheon of, of elves. Okay. Um, under a different name, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I do know it starts with an A, but she was the wife of Corallon uh, Lorethian, and he is like the king. He's the Zeus of elves, sure. basically. Okay. Um, is he like fucked up like Zeus? Yeah, sometimes he is. Oh, um, he he's generally a good deity. He this really a crazy episode. Yeah, Zeus, Zeus is definitely more of an asshole. Corallon is definitely a good deity, but there's some things that I feel that he does that make him kind of a jerk. But also remember, gods and deity and D and D are not infallible beings. Right, like they make mistakes, yeah. and I think Corallon's made more than a few. So 
Everybody at, makes mistakes. Yeah. As his wife and queen of the Elven Pantheon, he actually gave her domain over the entire subrace of the drow. Okay. Back then, like they all lived on the surface and they're all part of a greater society. Like, Fuck it. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> she ultimately, we're not going to get into the details, but she ultimately betrays her husband and attempts to have him killed and tries to take over all of Elvenkind. That's fun. She turns her people, the drow, against the rest of Elvenkind. So they, like, simultaneously, while she's doing her thing to betray, Corallon uh, and the rest of the Pantheon, she has them turn on the other elves, and there's a huge war. So it's like on <clears throat> all all scales. On of all fronts. This, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. In the end, she fails. We're not going to get into the details, uh, but Corallon punishes her by transforming her into the form of a giant spider and banishing her to the abyss. So the is she like... So the drider. I picture the drider. Yeah, it's one of her three forms. Okay, because, uh, well, yeah, because I'm like, you're a centaur, but yeah. you've got a spider Her body. true form, because of Coralon's power, is the giant spider. Okay. Uh, everything else she does is just, through her own power, she changes the way she looks. So let's talk about that for a second. Like, Because yeah. there's, uh, okay, if you're a, a drider, mm-hmm. you're just a centaur, actually, but you're not a horse. You're yeah, a spider. you're a spider. So where, do we, where are we drawing the line? What do you mean? Why not like a fish? Oh, I guess it's a mermaid. So a mermaid is a centaur. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, not a I horse. Think, Brian, I think you'll find in mythology, most mythological creatures are a human and an animal put together. So, but like the like torso, a satyr, right? Because right? there's no like the front of a horse, the back of a person, because that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Can you imagine just two giant horse legs up front and yeah. like a horse face and then like it can't? sit down or like yeah run. but i mean look at a minotaur that's like a cow man oh man but okay that's a little different because it's like a humanoid true satyrs are like goat from the hips down that's hey yeah. there you go okay yeah. that one kind of lines up yeah all right all right back to actual oh, satyrs got the short end of the stick because they don't got those two extra legs like the centaur that's true and then like the, the but they can pass for humans easier oh yeah they can wear some good pants mm-hmm. they're like these aren't my good <laughs> These are my good pants. I just have These are a my chaps. deformity. Okay. <laughs> so um, so he banishes her to the abyss. The way she gets her demon lord status is the layer of the abyss she get, goes to uh, had a demon lord. Well, she kills him. Oh, neat. And that's so now she has both this powers and titles. Now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she all, gets to keep the original title of being a god? She's Yeah, she still has a shard of divinity. Oh, she's wow. still a lesser deity and she's a demon lord. So no one was able to like take yeah. that from her. Uh, I'm sure they could have, but instead of killing her, I think Coraline couldn't kill her. Like we want to imprison you. He had feelings you for her oh. still, so he banished her. Now the the whole thing with Coraline is he's like a scorned. He's like he can't trust women now, even though he gets married again later. And like he also takes this out on her people, which is pretty shitty because what happens to them is the worst. Okay, the, the Drow also get exiled uh, to the Underdark. Okay, uh, yeah. And and basically now there's just a permanent hate relationship between the drow and all uh, the rest of yeah, Elvenkind. They're, they're like on permanent beholder watch down there. Basically. So because of their history, the drow have a deep hatred for all surface dwellers, but especially elves and especially high elves. Okay. Um, they plan for their ultimate revenge when Lolf deems them ready. So drow society is extremely complicated and brutal. This is partially because they live in the Underdark, which is a horrible place. And it's hugely because of Wolf's restrictions on like what they can and can't do. Oh. It's astonishing to me that they managed to function as a society at all, let alone be a dominant force of the Underdark, which they are to a certain extent. Um, they were already assholes before the Underdark. The Underdark just makes it a billion times worse. And Loth, I think I think what it is is Loth becoming a demon lord probably 
probably affect it her already fucked up ways and yeah, made her even worse. Like some kind of corruption. Yeah. So I, 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 I haven't really seen that written anywhere, but that tracks for me. So um, the drow will exist in city states ruled by powerful noble houses that um, the noble houses weren't even necessarily like families like normal noble houses are. They're just groups of drow that had the power and managed to seize and hold most of the land and resources available. Okay. Besides those noble houses, pretty much all other drow are slaves. Aww. So 95% of the drow population are slaves to drow. And we're talking about classic right now? Or are we talking about Forgotten Realms or something? This is, well, it's both. Well, in Gary Gygax's. You would probably like Gary Gygax's original Drow lore. They weren't all much like this at all. Oh, okay. um, they were they were evil, but they were just evil elves that lived underground, and that was it's basically not so the in gist depth. of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, Forgotten Realms and other settings really just delve into it, and I would say Forgotten Realms probably has the most fleshed out Drow lore because Dritz Doerden is probably the most famous D and D character in history. Okay. And he's a dark elf who turned up on his kind came to the surface and i'm sorry guys i'm not talking about dritz in this episode like this is the most dritz you're getting dritz will get his own episode but i'm just not doing it i'm just not there's too much i, I see your notes yeah. there's just too much here yeah and dritz he he would fill up four pages of my notes on his own and damn honestly uh to understand dritz you got to understand the drow in their entirety first so, so here you that's go what we're we doing did our first. underdark episode we're doing our drow episode yeah, yeah. so um, we'll probably do a loth episode eventually so yeah, so um, okay. Here, here's an important note because this is going to feed into everything else. In drow, uh, the species of drow, uh, the men are actually smaller and weaker physically. I remember something that's, like that's that. That's a yeah. thing to to remember. So let's get into it. So the drow society is simultaneously a strict matriarchy, theocracy, and like militaristic like society. Okay. Um, each house is ruled by a matron mother. The matron mothers are almost always simultaneously uh, high priestesses of Loth. Um, according to Loth's doctrine, um, women are of far greater value. As a matter of fact, men are deemed just shy of worthless oh. in this society, and they're treated thusly. Okay, um, it's it's probably worse for the slaves than it is for the noble uh, males because noble males have different outs. But um, there are a lot of sacrifices that get done to Loth, and it's almost always just a man, a man slave. Okay. Just constant being, like, For constantly sure. being killed. Okay. Um, furthermore, when it comes to the clergy of Loth, only women are allowed. Period. End of story. And the highest authority among the drought are the priestesses. So This feels I, like a Black Widow, like the way the Black Widow operates. Yes. And, okay. Well, I mean, and they're a spider worshiping people. That's so cool. There, there it is. Yeah. Again, very flavorful. This is very cool, but... It gets crazy. I mean, it's un there's some a lot of unfortunate stuff here. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. It just depends on like how you want to depict them. If you want a people that are just all evil, well, here it is. But I just don't like doing that. Yeah, I just don't like. I, I, I like think the spider too, worshiping and how that kind of is playing into some things here. I think it's too all encompassing because they literally give almost zero outs for there to be good drow, and that's shitty. All right, but let's let's keep going. Um, so, oh yeah, so back to the the chances for, for men. Uh, men, no matter their station, the only chances for them to get out of this uh, of, of being either slaves or sacrifices yeah. are join the military, which the military is very extensive for them. They have a very powerful military. Uh, yeah, I have some questions about that later, but... Okay, okay, yeah, we'll get into it. I, I, the military section is probably towards the end of the notes. Oh, okay, good. Um, also, males are the only... Only males are allowed to practice the arcane arts, 
So that's also now if you show proficiency in that, you can get into an arcane school. Okay. And that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Magic is a very powerful thing. Uh, magic is very powerful, but. Um, oh, it's like you're weak. You like go read a book. Basically, there's that. <laughs> oh For some reason, it's not stated why, but males have a better affinity in drow society for the arcane for some reason they don't okay. there's no reason given it's just the way it is just like the women are stronger and buffer the men have a more affinity for the arcane okay um the okay so let's talk about actual drow society so in drow society um they're constantly on all levels all drow are vying for power amongst themselves okay treachery With like these noble houses and stuff not just the noble houses but we're mostly going to be talking about them but even just amongst the commoners like okay treachery murder betrayal scheming uh they're all super encouraged by Lolth. she wants you to do those things to rise to the top <laughs> do bad deeds Indeed. Basically, her, her her creed is about, like, only the most brutal and strong and cunning will rise to the top in a society that runs like this. Okay. And she's mostly right, but this also has some really bad effects. Like, it prevents them from ever being a force strong enough to actually invade. Yeah, because you're, the, like, conniving and murdering yeah, all the you're, time. Yeah, you're constantly culling your own. You're constantly weakening yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and alliances are constantly being formed and broken. Just, right. like, within the same breath. Um, there's no real trust. Compassion doesn't exist in this society because Lolt doesn't want it to. She wants this to be a society where no one can trust each other. And because of that, like children that are that show signs of like compassion or kindness to others, that is punished oh. physically. Oh. Like literally, love and kindness is beaten out of you as a child <laughs> in this society. It's fucked up. He said he loves me. We have to whoop yeah. him. <laughs> like, what did you what is this love? <laughs> um We'll so be yeah, dropping rocks that. on your feet until the end of time, until yeah. you say you're sorry. As a matter of fact, the only reason these noble families persist as as pervasively as they do is because the unit of the family unit is such a useful tool for the noble houses that they hold on to it. Okay. Yeah, but there's no real love here or there. As a matter of fact, the parents don't even raise their own children in the noble houses. They hire slave drow to do that for them. For sure. Yeah. Okay. It's just, yeah, it's really fucked up. Um the commoners or slaves, meanwhile, and there's more than just drow slaves. Uh, there's uh, even lower than them are the not drow slaves. Anything not drow is also a slave, and that's like bottom of the barrel. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, like the, what are they, the, what gnomes live in the Underdark? Sure. Yeah, they'll enslave them. They'll enslave anything. Which gnome is that? Is it the, uh, the deep gnomes? The deep gnomes. There they'll you enslave go. deep gnomes, Deeper than Darrows, all the other gnomes. Quagoths, uh, any surface dweller, dwarves. Like, aren't those, um, um, oh, you're thinking mind flayers. Yeah, aren't no, they, they the won't enslave mind flayers. Well, because it'd be kind of hard to do that. Right? Yeah, it's just they're too much of a liability. Just kill them. Oh. Yeah, and they're constantly warring with the illicits and stuff like that. Oh shoot! Um, but the commoners and slaves, meanwhile, they live under constant oppression and poverty. Even if you're like a shop owner or like a craftsman, like you are at the you are at the whim of the priestesses. Like if they don't like you. They can come in to your shop every day and just take shit and tax you and they'll tax you and and, and take stuff and uh, do whatever it takes to run you out of business. Bummer. So there's like a downtown sector, but they're constantly new businesses yeah. and stuff. Right. The priestesses <laughs> are they're essentially untouchable, saved by other priestesses. And the priestesses are constantly backstabbing, and betraying each other. Right. Trying to race okay. up. It's a nasty, nasty life down here. Um, 
So because of all the treachery and all the murder and all the backstabbiness, it actually ends up cutting the average lifespan of drow extremely short. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Like elves, including drow, they have a longevity of like anywhere. One K year. Yeah. Anywhere from like 750 to 1200 years, depending on which setting you're using. Um, and because of this, they're they're dying at like high rate, but they make up for it by breeding at about the same rate as humans, which is highly um that's unlike elves that's unlike elves but it's because well there's a couple reasons for this number one is because they they need to replenish their numbers but they're also a hedonistic society because lolf wants them to revel okay and she just she's a corrupting demonic force she's going to be corrupting and demonic do the bad sex do the bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that um so so let's get into the reproduction of Drow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the courtship. So uh, in Drow society, courtship is the domain of women. It is not something men do. Uh, a man who a man who tries to initiate a relationship is put to death. Oh, regardless of reciprocation. Cool. Um, <laughs> the female decides who their courtship is going to be with and when it begins. The man has no say. Um, if two uh, f- noble female drow have interest in the same individual. We talked about this before. We talked about this. That. Actually, I said something that wasn't quite correct. <laughs> uh, it's actually worse. Um, so, number one, the man has no say. And he's now stuck in a rivalry that is 99% likely to just end in his death. There's right. nothing he can do. Um, the women will do whatever it is that they do uh, to backstab each other on the situation or spite each other okay they'll use the man as a tool to do it uh but when one rival either concedes or loses interest in the rivalry what they'll do is they'll flay the skin of the man except for the head and they'll drop the body off at the house of the other woman oh. say like all right you win basically oh man that's that's to say the other person won right that's insane i give up here's yeah. your boyfriend i so, skinned him <laughs> so yeah um another thing too about drow is on average they are physically exemplar um they are like apex level and it's because like one of the main factors in courtship amongst the drow is push-ups uh no the amount of push-ups no well it's it's uh selective selective breeding is 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 a thing with the drow so like you they're they're practitioners they're practitioners of eugenics okay like only the apex members get to breed with the nobles and so on and so forth oh man yeah so it's yeah it's just it's thoroughly suspect all over the place thoroughly fucked up yeah um and 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 because of that though drow are notably almost across the board exceptionally beautiful and We'll get into the the whole assassin schools that exist in these draft schools, but I guarantee you that seduction uh, for both sexes is probably something that's thoroughly used okay. to their benefit. Okay. Um, they also, like, they do this on a level, like, they maintain beauty standards of the surface level for use like this. Okay. And let's take a short rest. Let's do it. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the show where we're taking a short rest and we're not talking about the last thing. I've never been so excited for the short rest. Ah, rest, <laughs> rest. Um, this is an opportunity to say thank you to the listener and, uh, we should, we should do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, listener. Absolutely. If you can hear the sound of our voice, we really appreciate you being here on the show. Um, it's been a wild ride. Indeed. It's all thanks to you guys. Um, so, uh, if uh, our contest is over, we're probably gonna have another contest pretty soon, uh, at some point. I don't know. Keep an eye out for that. If you have, uh, I don't know if this is cool with Will, but if you have any ideas of what you would want us to like give away or like, oh, what I, you're I already in? know what we're giving away oh. next. We're gonna be giving away the new, uh, oh, Mordecai book. Yeah, the Mordecai's. Uh, that's how you say it. Mordecai's uh, planer. I think good it's times. Uh, the Tome of Foes or the something. The Tome like of that. Foes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, it's that'll be coming be... out in May, I think. And yeah, we'll we'll I'll announce that when we when we start doing that. It's supposed when to be we get a, a bigger book, right? Like uh, yeah, I heard it's gonna be pretty pages. Thick. Yeah, it's gonna have a lot of planar lore and planar options. So I'm excited for it. Don't write tome on it and then give me a Xanthar's guide size. Yeah, that one is pretty thin, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, well, cool. So keep an eye out for a Mordekindance contest. Um, It's going to be the same deal where you tweet out a link to the show, hashtag DungeonCast, and probably also leave a review on iTunes. We've been seeing a lot of great reviews on iTunes, and we really appreciate you guys. It's it's very nice to go in and read those. Um, There's a lot of them now. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, what we need to how many we need to get recognized by iTunes in some way, shape, or form. But um, Just the more there are, the easier it is for people to find us. Yeah. And that's just the thing that's going to be forever. Right. <laughs> but but thank you guys, really. Yeah, like, no, it seriously helps, so thank you guys. Contests or not, like that, that goes a long way. Hitting subscribe on YouTube and the, hitting the like button on YouTube, it, it goes a long way. Even on SoundCloud, hitting the like button and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, 
just thanks a lot. Speaking of all those things, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast. You can find us on YouTube. Just search the dungeon cast. You can email us at uh, the dungeon cast at gmail.com. Um, if you're interested in our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. Go check us out. There's bonus content, early episodes, um, one shot adventures, two shot adventures, um, and uh, show notes. And uh, there's probably going to be some original soundtrack music going up on there pretty soon, mm-hmm. probably in the $5 tier. Mm-hmm. And um if anybody came in that's new, we're going to catch you on the next episode. So uh, thank you guys very much for, for participating in that. And I think that's all we got. And, and when, when we're done with everything we've got, we go back to the show. Indeed, let's go back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. We're back. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, more drow stuff. More drow. So, Yay. So <laughs> we, we've covered a lot of like some of the more fucked up aspects of their day-to-day life. We certainly have. In in uh, the Underdark. But let's talk more about uh, just more drow stuff. So um, another thing about the drow, and I think we've noted this with most of the evil monsters in D&D, is the, the arrogance and the egocentrism. Okay. Kind of deal. Where yeah. they, they think that they're the superior. It's the same with the drow. They, to an extreme degree, they consider themselves a superior to all races, and they want to crush and enslave everybody else. Sure, and it's just yeah, that's just that's it is thing. what it is. Yeah, that's Loth. Loth's thing is, um, I guess when she came to the abyss, there, I think that the demon lord there was also like a spider deity. Okay, or or being, uh, I just know that there there's a plethora of spiders there. I mean, they're called the demon web pits. And she got bit, and then she became a superhero. She observed that amongst the demonic spiders in her realm, like the the they would constantly fight each other and by fighting each other they would become bigger and stronger until there was only one big strong one left and like that's the inspiration she has for what she wants her people to do she wants that scenario all the time okay uh, so anyways uh the drow as i said before are known for the military and martial might the priestesses are the formal military leaders but in actuality it's the male military commanders that are actually out there fighting and, and leading the forces okay that are in uh, actuality that are on the battlefield yeah while the priestesses are doing their political yeah they're maneuvering. they're standing in front of that like dimly lit room with a big map in the middle yeah. and they're like like have those like um pull cues or whatever that are like moving little pieces right. across. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> like uh, knocking which, stuff which over, like all like... Yeah, which isn't <laughs> to say the priestesses aren't like an actual force to be reckoned with. They're extremely powerful. Right. Like these high priestesses are really high level clerics. Um, but they can't practice magic, but they get cleric magic? They get cleric magic, yeah. Okay. Divine magic is in the realm of the women and arcane magic is in the realm of the men. Kind it's of different, deal. okay. Um, so not only are there, uh, oh yeah, so the reason that the drow militaries are so impressive is number one, they have huge armies because uh, they have the pick of the litter from their 90% population of slaves that okay. want anything but to be slaves. And so they got that, but they also have really impressive and notable fighting styles. Like there's like all kinds of like sword and crossbow techniques that like are so effective that they're famous outside of the underdark oh like, wow okay. the drow are known for these fighting styles and there's a, a list a whole list of like the different fighting styles in the schools that's kind of interesting yeah but more than just their warriors being impressive um their troops are often bolstered with entire contingents of enslaved monsters oh shit like minotaurs and bugbears and ogres fighting oh. for the drow oh man this is another thing that makes them so goddamn impressive this is fucking the 300 bad guy yeah. <laughs> yes, that's actually a good one. Yeah, okay. that is. It's oh, what's his name? Emperor um 
can't remember his name. Shit, I don't with a know. Z. Um, but, Xerxes. Uh, Xerxes, yeah. So, yeah, very much so. That's it's, it's a nice analogy. Uh, economically, drow do have farmers and craftsmen like any other society with the caveat that they're all peons, you know, so they're all owned by the state. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the state. That's a nice way to refer yeah. to it. <laughs> the biggest trade uh, is slaves, non-drow slaves. They're constantly... Oh, okay. Uh, they'll, they'll raid the surface, capture a bunch of people, have slaves. They'll trade slaves with other cities. Um, they trade with the Shadow Kai in the Shadowfell, and slavery is one of the biggest things. Another thing that the drow trade with the Shadow Kai is um, when they raid the surface, they get resources that you can't get in the Shadowfell. Different foods and herbs and and, and just like materials because the Shadowfell is a fucked up place. Yes. So remember I said in the Underdark episode that there are a lot of uh, shadow crossings here in the Underdark because the similarity between places in the Underdark and in the Shadow Dark are going to be enough that you can cross. So there's a lot of trade between the Drow and the Shadow Kai. Okay, cool. Um, at least the Shadow Kai that live in the Shadow Dark. Right. Um, you'll, you could, you'll see that there's a... A book I read, a Forgotten Realms book called, uh, I think it's called Breaking the Chains. It it features uh, primarily Shadow Kai characters. It's a really cool book, but you'll see that activity going on um, between the Drow cities and the Shadow Kai cities. Um, they also are, they deal in poisons. Some of the most powerful poisons are brewed and crafted by the Drow. So poison's like a big thing in D&D, huh? It is, uh, especially amongst assassins. Whoops, sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I've noticed like, there's a lot of anti-poison stuff going on. Like right. dwarves are, are good against their fortified, conned out against poisons. True. And like there's poison removal spells. Mm-hmm. And so there's monsters that cause a lot of poison with their bite. Okay. And, um, I haven't assass- come across those yet. Uh, it's mostly like spiders and snakes and stuff like that. Venomous, that makes sense. venomous creatures. What you would think of in the normal world. Right. And, okay. then, um, and the drow, they just, they, they brew potent poisons that assassins tend to use, um, which is another thing. Uh, there are very infamous assassin schools. Right. Uh, which, uh, just on top of like... like rogue the, guilds and yeah, stuff. Yeah, on top of the warrior, like fighting style schools. You know I me. Mean? In the arcane schools, there's also the assassin schools, which are infamous as hell. And they're, they're producing some of the most effective killers in the realm. So <laughs> okay. there it is. Um so these are the things that, despite all the things that the drow do to undercut their own power, these are the things that keep them as a dominant force. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about other drow deities. There are other drow deities, but most of them pale in power to Loth. Most are also evil as well. Um, Does Loth like not get along with them? So or are they cool? Loth. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about this more in the Loth episode, but when Loth betrays Coralon, she does sway some deities to her side oh. uh, there was a deity i think his name was ganadar um who who he was in love with her and she used him and then when oh. they when they got to when they were all banished he thought he had a chance and she ends up like like no you're ugly like basically <laughs> is what she does because he's like also an ooze lord i don't know it's weird um ooze so lord. he's he's part of the pantheon but he doesn't really He's play. bitter about it. He's bitter about it. He doesn't really play nice with Loth or any of that. Um, uh, Loth and Coralon had children, um, both of which went with Loth to the Underdark, one of which went not because she had to, but because she refused to um, abandon the drow to her mother. Um, she, she's For sure. The, she's the only good deity of the drow pantheon. Her name is... Uh, El- Alistrae or Alistrae, that's her name. Alistrae. Um, she's the daughter of Loth and Coralon. She's like the goddess of dance, song, sword fighting, 
Um, she's chaotic good. She, I know she has a couple other domains, but those are the main things that are popular. Okay. She's like considered. She's called the Silver Lady. She has silver hair. Um, That's cool. And she works to protect drow that are good and that wish to live in peace and not be part of this fucked up system <laughs> like on the um, low key or is like she like, yeah it's mostly on the low key because like she's not held in good regard amongst the drow people probably yeah. okay yeah um so i'm not again i'm not going to talk about dritz just as an example of like a good drow in the official lore um he's an extremely popular forgotten realms character who will get his own episode um i think dritz has also caused a lot of backlash because he's so popular that you get a lot of players that want to play dritz like characters okay i think dritz is also one of the main reasons that uh playing a drow pc has become popular and okay so i think having good drow is not that difficult no, at all no like not even close to difficult but i think again people who are really married to to this uh lore find that the only way to be a good drow is to basically be a dritz clone because with dritz story he's basically he was a slave he, he wasn't even a slave he was like the do, the son of uh i think a prominent warrior and craftsman he's part of the dorden family either way he was kind of like in that middle ground between being a slave and not a not quite a noble and uh bad stuff happens to him he ends up like he just wants out of the whole situation and he gets out and he goes on a crep epic journey and he goes to the surface and he's like a good dude and uh, yada 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 but like being like a dark brooding guy who comes from a messed up background isn't the only way to be a good drow because you don't have to be married to any of this lore no so I wrote down some some ways that you could rework the lore quite easily to fit your homebrew campaign and make uh, not evil drow just as prominent as evil drow so like maybe Loth never existed no betrayal ever happened done you're oh, just done. There you go. Yeah, maybe dark elves are simply the dwarves of elves. They're just underground elves. They're elves who happen to live underground. There's nothing yeah. evil about them. They just that's just where they live. That's, it. that's where they be. Um, maybe a huge section of the population broke off from Loth in mass and they returned to the surface world. And and what and okay, and here's the thing. Okay, let's get back are to Coralon real quick. Dim. Because I feel like Coralon fucked over the drow people. Because sure, they as a whole did betray you, but like they did it under the sway of a deity. Yeah. And so like, like you could by betraying them and by by sending them to the underdark, you basically put them in the worst position possible and left them to the mercy of Loth herself. Like so like what chance do they fucking have and if you follow that law? Yeah, you could have stopped that and now Indeed. You, you don't have this huge sect of your people exactly. that's like evil. Exactly. Um I in my world the way I run it is I killed Loth. Loth was slain at some point in the history and it broke the drow population in two. Basically there's a section of the drow people that remain dedicated to Loth's teachings and they are basically identical to the classic lore. Okay. And then the other fifty percent said, "Fuck this! Like we don't have to, we don't have to be like this." And Loth is gone, thank God. And they left, and they came to the surface realm, and then up here they've been flourishing ever since. Okay. So you, I kind of, it's like I have your cake and eat it too. Basically, I have it so that if I want to use evil drought, I have them, and if any player wants to be a good drow no problem there's plenty yeah, of those i like two. having both like yeah exactly maybe this little society does exist and it's really like turned and nasty mm -hmm. but you know we could also have like how is this the only drow yeah if you follow the lore from like the when the dark elves were concepted all the way till now like it tracks why there haven't been very many good dark elves because if you follow that lore they never had a fucking chance yeah they're basically prisoners like, from start to finish your game 
This is your unless you're running in Forgotten Realms or some other established campaign setting. This is your game. It could be whatever you want. And like, if your players want to play Drow, let them play Drow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we almost had a, a Drow player in the game yeah. that we were we we're yeah. playing. So. I'm just I'm sick of all the gatekeeping. I'm sick of the scoffing at players that want to be Drow. It doesn't help anybody. And if you're worried about Dritz clones, like. You're not really worried about the, the drow as a playable race. You're worried about certain particular players. And like those particular players are going to play annoying PC ideas regardless of whether you allow drow or not. It's stupid. I think uh, like this is a fantasy setting. You don't have to do like these like you don't do anything. Yeah, do whatever you want. exactly. Do yeah. do what be open, be free, rework the lore. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all great ways to, to tackle this because like I don't want this in my setting. This yeah. is this is foul. I don't want it. I don't want it in my set. That's just me, though. I mean, right. I, I see the players that are really married to this idea that are like, no, you cannot have a good drow. That's stupid. This why? Like, mm, I mean, I if, can do whatever I want. You actually, can do, yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's this is my a point. fantasy game and yeah. I can. I'm, well, it's all made up. Yeah, my I, yeah, that's my point. If you want to just use the classic lore and stick to it strictly, that's fine. But don't hate on other people for doing differently. That's yeah. stupid. Anyways, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about drow. I don't know if you have any more questions. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. We will probably talk plenty more about them when we talk about Lolth and when Dritz does eventually get his own episode. Yeah, we'll there's a lot of insight. drow stuff left. Yeah. Anything that we left out of this episode, I think, is going to get covered. Pretty um, much. Yeah. Uh, I think the drow will be thoroughly covered uh, once we do the Lolth episode. Yeah, between this yeah. episode, the Underdark episode, and those episodes. Yeah. That's the drow, pretty much going to get covered. it all. Yeah. That's a lot of... There's so much drow stuff, though. Yeah, there's an insane... I'm, it's because they're so fleshed out, and I, I attribute that mostly to Dritz being so popular. So right, okay. it had to get fleshed out. All right. I like the demigod feel that Dritz has, though. I don't know a lot about Dritz, but I feel like there's some... Like, well, he hasn't always been on that level of power. Yeah, okay. He's like he's like a superhero now. Okay. So, yeah. All right, with that, let's go to the game. Let's call the game. Bye. I she's one of my least favorite deities. Um, they're just much cool. Like there's there's evil deities that are cool and scary. She is scary, but she's just she's just a loser. <laughs> she sucks for being a god. You sure are fucking losing. <laughs> you do suck. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.